Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Standard. 40 seconds away from the Apollo 11 liftoff. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. July 1969, NASA's Apollo 11 crew become the first humans to set foot on the moon. A moment in history broadcast around the world, inspiring hope for the future and the potential that space and the moon itself held for humanity. Fast forward more than four decades, and we're only now on the verge of finally launching similar scale missions to take people back to the moon. NASA's Artemis missions endeavor to take international teams of astronauts, including the first woman and first person of color to the moon between 2024 and 2028, and to recognize those upcoming missions, Tom Hanks and director Christopher Riley have teamed up to bring us the Moonwalkers. Now join me on a journey back to the moon in a remarkable immersive show at Lightroom. Narrated by Tom, the show tells the story of NASA's Apollo missions of the 60s with upscaled footage and audio from the missions, all shown at London's Lightroom venue. Using 14 projectors and a unique loudspeaker system, the venue will project 4K footage and images around the whole room, taking people back to the 1969 Apollo 11 launch and to the moon itself. So to learn more about the Moonwalkers projects, we went to speak with Tom Hanks and Christopher Riley at the Lightroom in London. So joining me now is... The legendary actor that is Tom Hanks. <laughs> the legendary director that is Christopher Riley. Uh, first of all, guys, welcome to the Lightroom. Tom, I'm going to start with you. A uh, question about Moonwalkers itself. I understand the idea for this actually came from a throwaway comment about walking on the moon. Well, the, uh, we walked into a David Hockney painting here in the Lightroom. Uh, while David Hockney was painting it, we, it was, we were surrounded by it, and David Hockney was explaining to us how he was painting the painting that we were currently in. I immediately thought, uh, if I could stand on the, uh, the Sea of Tranquility on the moon uh, and, do, and recreate that here, that would be not virtual reality, that would be kind of like reality 
reality. And so uh, just a quick question to Richard Slaney here. Have you guys ever thought about this? And they said, no, but would you like to work on it with us? I said, I'd love to. And I thought it was going to take a year and a half. And that was just a few short months ago. Then Chris Riley comes along and he and I share, I got to say, we think about this almost exactly the same way. And his, his, his voluminous knowledge of all the imagery that we see here ended up expanding what little idea I had into something that's much, much bigger and, and where we're sitting today. And Chris, uh, the Lightroom is a quite unique location to tell this story. Can you tell us a little bit about the experience itself, how it feels, what people can expect when they come and see this? Yes, well, it kind of, uh, we realized that in many ways, this room is so kind of uniquely purposed to, to telling the story, not least because it's about the same size as the mission control room in Houston, where the whole operation for all of the Apollo missions was kind of run from, from masterminded from, which you see in all the archive that we splash around the room as well. But all, also, of course, because these panoramas that the astronauts took and beautiful medium format cameras back in the 1960s and 70s are all still pristine negatives that have been brought out from cold storage. They're stored under liquid nitrogen at uh, Houston in the, in the Johnson Space Center there. And so they have been restored and remastered by a wonderful photographic artist called Andy Saunders, who we've collaborated with. And they project so flawlessly onto this huge space and many times big as an IMAX room. It's like having like four IMAX screens and an IMAX floor to play with here um, that you could transport us, as Tom realized when he first came in to see the Hockney show, to the moon. So here we are right now as we're talking to you sitting here um, with the Apollo 16 landing site wrapped around us. Charlie Duke's just off to our left, standing on the edge of a very deep plum crater. You can see his footprints that he's just walked around it to to, to meet us here. Um, and it works well because the sky is black. One of the things the astronauts all said when they stepped out of their spacecraft was, my God, here I am standing in the, on the moon in this bright sunlight with a black sky, the sun in a black sky. Now, here we are in the Lightroom with a black sky. It's the same. It's very thrilling. And for you, Tom, you've spoken before about your sort of love for the moon and space growing up when the sort of moon landings were going on. How much of a sort of passion project is this for you? It remains an absolute constant source of fascination for me. I still read anecdotes from this for pleasure. And it's because it landed in my attention as a story. It wasn't just news and it wasn't just science. It was something equal to Jason and the Argonauts or the seventh voyage of Sinbad or any great movie that I'd seen. It was on television where I watched John Wayne movies with my dad and Woody Woodpecker cartoons. A form I was entertained by what I was seeing on television. And then one night I see a live broadcast from the from lunar orbit by Apollo 8. And the first vision on my television screen at home was the planet Earth in black and white with clouds and, and the oceans and, and the land. And I heard the only three people who were not in the photograph were the crewmen on board Apollo 8 reading from the uh, book of Genesis. I was enthralled by the poetry of it and, and, and just the, the, the leap of storytelling and faith that went along with it in order to make it happen. And I think anytime you are exposed to great art and that you take it in for literally for what it is, an incredible creation, you never forget that, that feeling. So yeah, I have always been searching for another venue in order to tell more of the story more of the details to get more of the specifics like that gentleman's name 
is Charlie Duke, and he is standing in a place called the Descartes Plain by Plum Crater. And those footprints that you see behind us will remain there for the rest of time. That gets me on an artistic level that is equal to visiting Shakespeare's Globe Theater or, or seeing, you know, uh, uh, a great play in an ancient theater somewhere in Greece. Let's take a break now. In part two, we hear from the man who digitally remastered and supplied the NASA footage and images for the Moonwalkers. It struck me that the most important photographs ever taken are actually being seen in a progressively worse state as time goes on and being seen by more people. And that drove me nuts. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. After our conversation with Tom and Chris, I got to speak with Chris again, this time alongside Andy Saunders, the man behind the remastered footage and images from the Apollo mission archives. So I'll start with you, Andy, actually. In terms of the the imagery, Chris was talking a bit about how the camera footage was stored in quite an intense sort of environment. And you worked quite a lot on getting the detail out of these photographs. Can you just give us an idea, really, of, of how, how much detail you managed to uncover from, I guess, the original photos and footage? Yeah, I mean, there's two different techniques using diff- two different types of film. So the 16mm film is like a movie footage, this inherently noisy, lower quality footage that we typically see. Um, I've applied an unusual technique to that, a stacking technique. So we can separate separate frames up to hundreds, stack them on top of each other, consolidate them, and you can basically, you keep the signal, but you average out the noise. So you basically turn it into a more photo quality image pull out detail that we've never been able to see before. So that's one element. The other amount that you alluded to, the original flight film has been locked away in this frozen vault, building gate at Johnson Space Center for 50 years, almost untouched. But that's the holy grail of imagery. That original film, everything we've ever seen to date has actually been based on duplicates, copies, lower quality copies, or likely copies of copies or an internegative of a copy of a copy. So there's a degradation at every generation. 
that's got worse in the digital world because people make a JPEG, put it online, someone will copy it. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And it struck me that the most important photographs ever taken are actually being seen in a progressively worse state as time goes on and being seen by more people. And that drove me nuts. So they had to have the opportunity to go back to the original source, this original film that made it out of this frozen vault, thawed out, scans to an incredibly high resolution, applying some digital processing, some time and effort to those means we can see Apollo now as never before. And to see it at this scale at Lightroom is you know, really quite something. And in terms of those details that you're seeing for the first time, are there any that sort of stick out for you that are you know, significant or, or interesting or that took you aback at all? Well, the first image that I did was of Armstrong. I was frustrated that there was no image of Neil Armstrong on the moon. Being an enthusiast since a child, I wanted to see Armstrong on the moon. But because he held the camera, the photographs we see are actually of Buzz Aldrin. So that's where I use this unusual technique on the 16mm film that was filming out of the lunar module window, filming the EVA, and there's a moment where Armstrong lifts his visor, his gold visor. We're so used to seeing a, an anonymous person, puffy spacesuit, a gold visor, but he had his visor up. So there's a glint of a face, but it could have been Dave from down the road as a single frame. But when we stack it, I could see his eyelid. It was recognised to be Neil Armstrong. So to finally have a clear image of Neil Armstrong on the moon, something I always felt was missing from the history books, that that really stands out for me. And for you, Chris, to, to have someone like Andy who can do these techniques and get this immense detail on such a grand sort of scale as the Lightroom provides, it must be like the Holy Grail for you as a director. But I've been working with the NASA archives on and off for the last 25 years. So there's something like 10,000 rolls of 16 millimeter film. And I've been through all of it right. uh, for various projects um, and um, pulled out the best sort of thousand reels of that, had those copied um, to tell the various stories when I've tackled this subject before. And so our starting point for writing this was that Tom's original sort of treatment that he wrote very quickly. He'd had it in his head, I think, for years and then saw the Lightroom, thought, gosh, uh, this there's a potential here to take people to the moon, as he said earlier. Um, and then within days, I think, we got this treatment just landed in our emails, you know, which I read with great delight. And then we, so we took that as the sort of spine of our story and then sort of thought, well, what can we do to kind of talk to the pictures here to kind of riff around that huge 10,000 rolls of film archive and all of the 10,000 stills photographs that Andy knows so well and has worked with for so long too, to bring the moon really to life Life in this space here in King's Cross in a way that does justice to that archive at the same time as weaving a compelling story out of it. And that was really the challenge, how we embedded Tom's story into this. So Tom was 13 at the time when uh, Neil and Buzz first land on the moon in 1969. And a 13-year-old sees that kind of event with different eyes to a kind of grown-up. And we wanted to inject a bit of that into the story, but also a sense of how the moon is linked to all of us. So, of course, we are all creatures of Earth. You know, we evolved here on the earth but the earth and the moon have shaped all of life on earth what do you hope people will take away from this experience well for me i think this is a story of hope honestly because it's a, it's really a story of what humans can achieve when they work together on something that seems impossible now, the world is full of things that feel impossible right now. But honestly, this is a reminder of what we can achieve as a species when we put our minds to it together. Why now? Well, 2024 is going to be the busiest period. It kicks off the busiest couple of years of missions to the moon ever in human history. This goes way beyond the 1960s. 
the Roaring Twenties will take us back to the moon 25 times just in the next 24 months. And this is a mixture of missions from Artemis and the, 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 the human crews that are going there, which, by the way, are also international, to a whole flotilla of international missions, some of which are also commercial ones now. The first commercial robotic spacecraft will be landing on the moon in the next 24 months. And that is something that those of us that grew up with Apollo all thought was going to happen in decades at the very most. And it's been more decades than we expected, but it's actually happening. And this show is a reminder not only of our past relationship with the moon through Apollo, but our future relationship with the moon through all these international missions and Artemis. Thanks for listening. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. See you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.